So the movie Batman believed the situation was that uh, the little uh, Batman or the future Batman, he was walking with his parents and they got robbed and killed and that compelled him to fight crime and uh, and be the, the bat of what, what was it called? The city of his city, whatever it was. Uh, so we can this try to break that down a little bit psychologically, see what we can learn. So why is it that in that situation, he had such a strong reaction to, to what occurred? So let's uh, try to step into the shoes of a, of a young child who Gunnar Serbin is in this kind of situation. Understand that we, uh, it's not axiomatic that we identify the reality and the intent of other people. We're ourself. We are what we are. We feel what we feel. We think what we think. We're at the maturity and the development that we are at. Excuse me. And uh, life is kind of like our show, right? It's uh, it, at least initially, it's a very, uh, it, we start out from a very self-centered point of view. I'm here with my maids. I'm a little kid. The The reality is I want this toy. There's no other reality, obviously. There's no reality of the person who's going to give me this toy. There's no reality of others. There's the, just the reality of my immediate desire. So we see that to to step, to become real to, to a little kid, it, it's not so easy. Mommy is, is real. Daddy is real. Caretaker is real. Guardian is real. Maybe the teacher, but even the teacher, right? Even the teacher is not real to a little kid. A little kid sees a teacher out uh, of the classroom at the grocery store, and it's a, it's a real shock. I can't believe Mr. or Miss so-and-so was uh, was shopping at the grocery store. Mommy, Daddy, I can't believe it. I thought they were a teacher. They were only in the classroom. So we say, we think in these kind of block ways. That's the teacher. That's the police officer. That's the soldier. That's the firefighter. That's the adult. And it's like, an adult did that? I can't believe how an adult could do something so stupid. I saw a video of an adult falling and slipping. I thought only little kids fell, fell and slipped, not an adult. <laughs> so that's how we think, right? So obviously uh, it, our, our conception of reality is limited then to only these narrow kinds of situations. And, and there's a whole d- uh, dark uh, world out there that, that, that we cannot identify with and that we have not taken in as part of ourself, as represented by the bad guy or girl in the movie, in the comic strip, as represented by maybe the thunder, the lightning, if we're still scared of it, and if the, by the scary insects, if we're scared of them, the scary animals, if we're scared of them, by maybe the things that we see in the news. Hopefully we don't. Hopefully our parents keep us off the nose and off the internet, but very, very tragically, that unfortunately, that does not always occur in this day and age, and children see horrible things they should never, ever see. Uh, by uh, their irresponsible parents that allow them to, to browse the internet without supervision. So it's represented by all of those things. Consequently, the little kid has a, a big split in his or her conception of reality. There's the good, there's the bright, there's the light, meaning uh, uh, th- those who I know, those who benefit me, the ones that'll give me warm chocolate chip cookies, the ones that'll uh, give me my teddy bear and my blanket. That's the good side. And everything else is is the, the dark. That's, I, I don't know what the heck that is. So we understand that. Let's say the young Batman, what was his name? Um, Bruce, Bruce, right? Bruce, the young Bruce, that was his name. He uh, obviously in the in real life would have had this conception. So when the, the young Bruce saw um, the the um, the bad guys 
attacking his parents, that's a tremendous, tremendous blow to a, a child's conception of the good. Meaning I derive my security from my parents. I derive my sense of safety from my parents. They're some of the few people that I can, that I take it exist and, and indicate to me, even if they're not so nice, I might not know anything better. So consequently, they're, they're the ones that really, uh, um, um, that, that are my uh, symbolic of my conception of good and of reality. And here these dark, anonymous forces came and took their life that's one of the ultimate traumas that's a, a, a tremendous tremendous blow to uh to, to the psyche of, of the young child so consequently whenever we have being that we have a particular nature that demands its expression whenever we have a, a, a kind of a deficit of that nature we have an offense and assault on that nature there's there has to be some kind of compensation at some point now the nature of this compensation depends on many things namely our individuation to make it rhyme right individuation compensation it depends on that how we've been formed what the content of our mind and our character so for example if we're a, a you know a, what's it called um it, we're, we're a whole person we have a, we've properly developed our emotions and our mind and we and all of that and then somebody offends us you know it's 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 it might not be pleasant we're still going to be offended but it might not be the end of the world we might not then go and try to gonna forbid take the person's life but if we don't if we haven't fully emotionally developed and we have the mind of a of a little squirrel at best and we have the emotional range of motion of a of a turtle or something or or an iguana <laughs> why not right and, and then somebody steps on our fate somebody offends us it really will be the end of the world and we really will possibly try to take the person's life we might take our own life if we can't take the other person's life we might go into a depression it might be a, a catastrophic cataclysmic thing that a person made one little mean comment to us well there's a story of a young man that was uh, maybe 13 14 years old and he was beginning to fight uh, <laughs> fight the battle with that gravity that we all fight. And one day he came into class. <laughs> and it's not funny, but and, and the teacher said, I can't believe that you fit through the door to this young, <laughs> to this young man. So he, uh, he ran off crying uh, uh, very, very disappointed. He never came back to school. He ran off somewhere. And the next thing that the next time the teacher heard from this kid, the kid was not no longer a kid. The kid was maybe 40, let's say, maybe over that 45. And the, and the teacher said, oh, my, the, the kid said, you remember me? And the teacher said, oh, yeah, yeah. The kid basically was depressed his whole life from age 13 or 14 to, again, let's say it was 45, some, somewhere that range, 40s. Uh, he's depressed his whole life. He never did anything. He spent the the rest of his life, or up to that point, brooding and and uh, at, at how vicious and cruel the world is, and and maybe being suicidal and that kind of stuff. And and the teacher was obviously aghast and, and couldn't believe it. What are you? I'm, I'm so sorry. Yada yada. So the student demanded that the teacher gather up all those uh, kids in the class, fly them out at his expense, and apologize to them. Some crazy stuff, right? But we understand that if a uh, if a fully uh, a developed individual is told that he or she is is uh, gravitationally challenged. The person will laugh at it or say, "You know, you're probably right. I should get in shape." Or if it's not true, then it's not nothing at all. But a little kid that has a, a is, is in the, those very sensitive developmental stages, something like that is said to, to him or her, and it can goodness forbid a million times create this this lifelong massive trauma. So anyhow, uh, but we understand that we have that necessary nature. It can't take. Uh, damage without demanding something in return. So here, there's a, 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 obviously a huge blow to that nature, to that conception of the good of the young Batman. So that demanded a compensation. The way that it was in the movie was that it could have been in real life, it could have been that he would have become a criminal. That's a very common compensation. Be, why? Because 
a young person then thinks. It's not that a person sits there and thinks like in a rational way, right? Like Einstein thought E equals MC square. It's not that the young person sits there and calculates something. It's all unconscious. It's just automatically done. Right? We see this unbelievable complexity by the way of animals and we also don't think that they're calculating things up that the 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 caterpillar is uh, is uh, writing things down on on the notepad about how to become a butterfly it just gets done so it's the same thing here we're in that unconscious natural state until we snap out of it which for most of us never happens so all of this is done subliminally so to say it's underneath the um, the kind of our awareness. So it usually what or frequently here happens in, in a case like this is a, is a, a person unconsciously kind of supposes that if I do what was done to me, I'm going to unify that break in my conception of the good. Why? Because I know that I'm good. I can justify anything that I do because I see my own motive. I see that I only hurt the person because I wanted to feel good because I wanted to, to feel powerful. I myself, I understand myself. So if some somebody did something to me, which I do not understand, which is dark and scary and, and traumatic. Now, if I do that to somebody else and I then see that a, a good person, a good person, but I can see it from my own perspective, uh, that, that can heal that, that uh, gap in, in unity. So we see these awful crimes done. We look back very frequently, uh, if not in ev- if not always potentially, just about always there's something done to the, the, the person at some point or another. And again, especially if it was done before the personality fully formed or if the personality never fully formed, uh, it's going to demand that kind of stark compensation. If it has formed still, there's obviously going to be unconscious reactions. We're not going to just get out of it, but it can be uh, channeled down more healthy means. For example, a person uh, was uh, put down a- as a kid and now wants to feel powerful and in control, but the person is socialized. The person is uh, more self-formed uh, psychologically. So the person is going to say, I want to feel in control maybe as a uh, as a brain surgeon. Uh, I'm gonna, somebody's life is going to be in my hands as a heart surgeon. That's a positive, constructive thing, but uh, it's the same kind of unconscious to so say impulse that in somebody else attained visibility by by the way of robberies and assaults and all these things just depending on on the situation so anyhow um for a young batman there would have to be some kind of compensation to such a massive trauma in real life probably wouldn't be what it occur- what was in the movie there would probably be that that uh, event that there would be some kind of crime there would be some kind of violence there would be so- something like that along those lines or depression or or, or something uh, but in the movie he uh, the, the compensation mechanism was to begin to fight the fight the bad guys and and that necessitated that continual uh, fracture of one's conception of reality meaning here is the good side here's me I'm the good guy and those are the bad guys and girls and I'm going to fight them uh, and that's going to be my coping mechanism to address this deep assault on my excuse me on my conception of the good that I had when I was young and so the question that we can ask then is what is really the reality? What is really the truth? Is Are there really such splits in reality or is it just in our mind? So we would say that in appearance, uh, any any time that we cannot identify a motive, we, we just see the appearance and consequently we were able to think somehow that there is no motive or the motive is something other than a good motive. So for example, um, we see... Uh, uh, somebody, a person on the street uh, yelling and screaming. Remember one time walking down the street, there, there's a fella ripping out his hair, ripping uh, without his shirt, ripping his chest hair out or something like that. It's, 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 uh, what's it called? A slime sliding out of his mouth. Just crazy stuff. So you see something like that. 
you can't immediately identify the motive. Right? So you think, wow, that's something, that's some kind of fundamental other force. That's darkness incarnate. That, that's a person that's doing something without a motive. Right? But, but the person, him or herself, obviously knows that there is a motive. We can't do anything without a motive. Uh, and, uh, and consequently, it doesn't appear to oneself that uh, such things uh, are bad. And that's, that's one of the issues that we have. In understanding others, whatever it is that we do, we understand that we did for a reason. For example, we felt real bad, so we went and uh, and we said something mean to somebody else. We felt real small and insecure, so we went and did this extreme thing to, to rectify those feelings. We were very late, so we cut in front of somebody on the road. We always know that we have a motive. Other people don't know that we have a motive, and we don't know that other people have a motive. They don't see our motive. We don't see their motive. So consequently, we accuse those whose motive we don't understand of being the darkness and, and the something else, and they do the same thing to us, and we have this misunderstanding understanding. So obviously the reality is that there's a single nature that each of us has or that attains its visibility in each instance that, that we consider an individual person. And that nature is the same, obviously, across the board. And there's only one mechanism of what we would call the will, meaning we have to have a motive. Something has to appeal to us. It has to seem good to us. And what seems good to us depends on our degree of development. If we're a little baby, what seems good to us is a blanket and some milk maybe and some warmth and, and all of that and, and no tummy ache. If we're a child, maybe what seems good to us is a toy. If we're an adult, what seems good to us depends on our development. We're still closer to those elementary animalistic phases of human life that what seems good to us is to advance those lower interests for example i feel like if i earn more money i'm able to uh, exercise my desires more that's a part of my nature to exercise my desires so i'm going to pursue more money if somebody's in the way it's not a somebody it's a something it's an object i have no problem getting rid of them or at least scamming them and cheating them that's what's good to me in my phase of development the way that i am now that is the truth. That is good. I'm not fundamentally different than the person higher than me on a higher plane of development. It's just that I haven't, uh, I haven't evolved to, to, to the necessary extent. You understand? So it's the idea. Every single person uh, means good. And when that clicks and when we understand that, we're no longer able to have these breaks in reality and those compensation mechanisms. They have to cease eventually. Maybe they have some momentum, but eventually they have to cease because if these things penetrate, these understandings penetrate down into our unconsciousness, into our subliminal thought, just these terms like that, whatever they mean, then uh, uh, hopefully eventually we'll, we'll unify our personality, we'll, we'll unify our conception of the good and we will no longer have these kinds of breaks. So in the case of the young Batman, he could have done, he couldn't have actually, but in theory, he could have done a little thinking, couldn't have because a little kid, obviously, he's not expected to be able to think about these things. This is uh, once somebody's an adult, but uh, in theory, he could have done a little thinking. And, uh, and and figure that the, how did the, these thieves perceive my parents? Did they perceive them as, as their parents? No. Right? We look at somebody, we think everybody perceives them in that way. That's my mom. So that's my mom also as it concerns you and you and you. But no, as it concerns you, that might be. Uh, uh, your boss, that might be your employee, that might be your neighbor, right? But that's an extra mental step that we don't always take. So the the, the young Batman would think, okay, the, the, these were my parents to me, but they weren't my parents to the thieves. To my to the thieves, they were simply passerbys who had something that they wanted. Now they were in those lower phases of human development where they only acknowledged their own animalistic reality and that pursued their own impulses and inclinations and desires. They saw these objects that were my parents, and it was the good thing for them to do in their context as it came across to them 
to, to rob from them and take their life. The precise scene doesn't come out of mind, but however it unfolded, that resulted in in the tragic death and, 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 and all of that. So that's what then the Batman could have done. And now that, that uh, oomph out of all of those activities is taken out because now there's no emotional motive. It's like if we really truly understand that other people are good, even those who hurt us, even those who did the worst things to us, Right? What, are, what, are, what are we really going to do? Uh, how, how, how can we find the motivation to hate and to try to destroy do all these things? We can't. We're, we're just going to laugh about it. There's really nothing that, that's gonna then, that we're then going to be compelled to do. Now, it's not to say that mechanically, intellectually, we cannot acknowledge and that we shouldn't acknowledge because we should. The fact that some things are unacceptable and some things are acceptable as it concerns a certain objective. For example, the upkeep of society. We can't simply say, Everybody means good, so feel free to rob anybody you want, excuse me, and uh, you'll get away with it because you mean good. No, because the outcome is what matters. For example, we have a, a, a human eating tiger out on the streets of a city. The tiger means good. The tiger is an animal. The tiger just wants to eat or is panicked and is going crazy, but it doesn't mean we're going to say, okay, no problem, tiger. Stay on the street and gobble us up. No, because we want to live. So we put the tiger away. We tranquilize it or otherwise, whatever needs to be done. Right? We have a shark. We're not, the shark wants to eat uh, as well. It's not a darkness you know, incarnate here that's just so scary, the jaws, and it's just a creature. It just wants to eat, but we also don't want to get eaten. So if a shark's about to get us, we can eye gouge it. We don't need to say, you mean good shark, so I'm going to let you be. So it's the same thing. Everybody means good. This can only do what comes across as good to him or her in his or her situation. It doesn't mean that we cannot set that, have laws and then try to justly upkeep those laws. For example, you rob somebody, now you go to, to prison or you face a consequence. These things serve as counter motives, meaning a person in the elementary uh, developmental stages of human life is incapable of thinking of his or her true higher good that could be had theoretically with many years of uh, of uh, prolific uh, self-work. The person obviously can't think about that. The person can think about fear, can think about pain or pleasure. So there's a system of counter motives. For example, you rob me, you're going to go to prison. Then the other person thinks, okay, if I rob this person, I'm going to go to prison. I don't want to lose my freedom. Uh, uh, but then again, I do want the $100 so that I can attain the object of my desires. What's worth it? And it's all automatic. We understand a person who's in the state of nature isn't free uh, in the way that it's possible to be free. A person is not then rational in the way that it's possible to be rational. It's a system of motives and counter motives. For example, uh, the fear outweighs the desire. I'm not going to do it. The desire outweighs the fear. I will do it. So it's all automatic. So we have to have these these counter motives for those of us that are at, at those elementary stages of life that to, to serve as as a preventative measures and then justice has to be swift it has to be clear it has to be evident it can't be a complicated chain uh, that that goes on and on because then that the power of the counter motive is lost because a person now i want to go fulfill my desire by by uh, knocking this person's head off, but it, it, what's the consequence? Well, it's not clear. You know, I could spend maybe a couple of years in court or at home while my lawyer keeps me away from prison. Then I might set, be set free. So, you know, shit, I'll do it. So the, the counter motives have to be really kind of distinct. They have to work for us on those elementary phases, at those phases of human life. Just like for a little kid, it can't be, you know, you uh, you stole something and now we're going to, a year later, we're going to uh, put you in timeout for two minutes. That that will never work as a counter motive if a child wants to steal something. It has to be immediate and swift. You stole something right away. You're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to return it. 
You're going to give, we're going to have a difficult, painful discussion about why you can't do it. We're going to choose a consequence for you, hopefully with your consent. So it's clear to you. And then it's going to be right away. It's going to be very clear. So it's the same thing, but we can do all of that and we can hold each other to the highest standards of moral accountability as we should if we want anything good out of life while at the same time not forgetting that we all mean good there's no real breaks in reality there's no real breaks in in the in our conception of the good if we're sane and sober and we're looking at things clearly and consequently there's no uh we could call the batman syndrome there's no that there's the bad guys there's the bad girls i'm so traumatized there's these dark forces none of that it's all good everybody means good we're all doing what we can and uh, we just have to do better and that's what we're here for so we can think about it thank you for listening